Do you know the voice of God when he speaks to you? Are you able to tell which spirit it is bringing that thought to your mind? This is so important. When God speaks to me by bringing a thought to my mind, usually it's a very gentle thought. It's a very gentle direction. Sometimes it's so gentle that I fail to catch it the first time I hear it. So God repeats it to me. And even as many as three times I've had him repeat instructions to me. Often I'm not even looking for any information and God speaks to me by bringing information to my mind by the Holy Spirit. It's very gentle. It's not usually a driving urgent information. Devils are usually just opposite. It will say you've got to do this, you've got to do it now, It doesn't matter if you want to do it. You have to do it, and you have to do it quickly before such and such happens. I don't believe God's ever spoken to me that way. I've had dreams in the night which warned me that if I went a certain direction, I would suffer loss. I had one dream back in 1982 where God showed me Destruction would happen if this, if I pursued this direction. And then he said to me, don't go until you see Exodus 15. Well, it scared me. This was a dream. I awoke and canceled all meetings that were planned for 1982 because I wasn't going to go out until I saw Exodus 15 or was assured by God to go forth. A woman in our church group immediately said, you can't do this. Don't be surprised if someone from your church group rises up to fight the word that you have heard from God. That happens to me all the time. I said to her, she said to me, you can't do this. If you go out, they will give money. If you don't go out, they won't give money. I said, I don't care. I'm not going. I've heard from God, don't go, and I'm not going. And I didn't go. Financially, I was fine. But I didn't go. In 2018, I I fell at the house I lived in in Texas. I lived alone. I didn't have any help. It was a very, very terrifying experience when I couldn't walk and I couldn't get to the telephone. But I finally got to the telephone because I heard these words, which I knew were from God. I was trying to crawl on a broken hip and wrist, and it was terribly difficult to do it. I could only manage to move my body approximately a quarter of an inch at a time, And then I would have to stop and regain my composure. And I was about six feet away from the place where the phone was located. 
I didn't think I could get there. But as I was trying to get there, the very gentle thought came to my mind from the Holy Spirit saying, you can do this. Because of that thought, I kept trying, and four and a half hours later, I reached the area where I could call for help. I have found the thoughts of God that come to my mind in a situation like this to usually be very gentle. I can't even remember any time they weren't. So I know the voice of God. Jesus said in John 10, My sheep hear my voice and they know me. My sheep hear my voice and they know me. And he even said in John 10, they won't follow a voice of a stranger. I think those of us who belong to God and have experience with God do know the voice of God. When he brings by his spirit a concept or an idea to our minds, I think we recognize it, the voice of God. And even if we don't in the beginning recognize it, I think he teaches us to recognize it. At the time of that accident, when the ambulance workers were rolling me past my front door to take me to the hospital, I heard another word from God. You'll never see this house again. Just gentle voice. It didn't disturb me. God was making a change in my life, and I knew that was happening. I put the house up for sale while I was in the hospital, and one of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. Do not be surprised at all, but what somebody from your own church group will fight the word that you have heard from God. I've just given you two examples of this. I said to her, well, God has said to me, you'll never see this house again. That's how I can put the house up for sale. And I, have, I didn't see it again. God moved me from Texas to Colorado to live with a member of the body of Christ. He had it all worked out. I was going to be taken another direction. Are you aware that God chooses the exact places that we will live and the exact times that we will live in those places? Acts 17.26 He, God, determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. I'm quoting from the NIV original translation. You can read it in the King James. It's a little little more difficult to understand it, but you can read that it says the same thing in the King James. God determines the time is set for us and the exact places that we should live, the times that we are going to live in those places. So he moves us from place to place, but we can be assured where we're living now is where we're supposed to be living until he moves us. Even though I was approximately 80 years old when I fell, 
and heard that I would never see that house again, I really didn't care. God had put in my heart several months earlier a desire to have my own room and not have a big house, have my own room to live in and have my things around it, and to not live alone. And that's exactly what he worked out for me. We think those desires in our heart are our desires, but lots of times God puts his desires into our heart. And we think they're our desires, but they're really God's desires, and that's what's going to happen in the future. So when I fell and was moved to Colorado after I uh, could be moved, after I was able to move to Colorado, when that happened, I didn't even question it. I knew it was God doing it. And we have a set of scriptures in James 3 which tells us how to recognize if the idea is from God that is brought to you. Let's look at James 3 for a moment. If you are trying to work through something right now and you're very confused, look for envy or strife to be involved. Because in James 3, we read, If ye have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So, if you are competing with someone and you're trying to look really good, and you try to dress really well, and you're trying to drive a car that will impress people, and live in a house that will impress people, you're probably in trouble right now. Envy and strife. You need to put on the brakes, just stop, turn to God in prayer. Thy will be done. Get yourself repositioned with God, and wait until he unravels all this situation, one piece at a time. Otherwise, here is how you judge whether the plan you're about to do is from God. Verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It may be something you've never even thought of doing before. And you hear it from the Holy Spirit. And what you'll say is, oh, yeah, I could do that. Oh, I've had that happen multiple times in my life where I was thinking of going one way. But I heard from God. And I turned and changed directions. This happened to me in 2020. It was June 2020. I was considering putting new upholstery on my 25-year-old front seat of my car. And as I thought about this, God spoke to me by his spirit by bringing a gentle thought to my mind. And the thought was, or you could just buy a new car. It was like a bolt of lightning hit me. The thought was a very gentle thought, 
But I was just stopped dead in my tracks. I had never considered buying a new car. My car was 25 years old, and I had broken the hip, left hip twice, and I have a rod down the leg because when they operated on me, uh, the bone shattered, so they had to put a rod down my left leg. I have almost continual pain of some sort. It's very hard for me to sit on certain chairs. So I was thinking of reupholstering the car seat. When I heard, or you could just buy a new car. And it was like a bolt of lightning. And I said, that's right, I could buy a new car. I'd sold a house in Texas. The money was in the bank. I could easily pay cash for a new car and have money left over. I could buy a new car. And even that night, God helped me by giving me a dream showing me I bought a new car. The next day, we went out and bought a new car. Now, after we bought the car, persecution came for the word's sake. It's not unusual that persecution comes when you are going the way God showed you to go. We had several problems we had to work through with that car. We worked through each problem, one problem at a time, and everything got resolved. But it looked for a while like it wouldn't get resolved. That was just devils fighting the way God showed me to go. But every time I thought I'd, every time the thought came, you've made a mistake on that car. I knew God had told me to do it. I had two sources of proof. One was I knew that was the Holy Spirit speaking when I heard, or you could just get a new car. And the second anchor for my soul was the dream I had where God showed me I bought a new car. I had two anchors. You need anchors for your soul to be able to hold on to the Word of God. You have got to have some form of anchor that persuades you that it was God who told you to do that thing. For persecution usually comes after you've heard from God. There was a time when I was first born again in 1975. I owned a business, a small business in Dallas. A woman thought she could get money from me, so she was going to take me to court. And I heard these words, which I believe to be from God, don't testify. A woman who worked for me had witnessed the situation that happened between this young woman and me. She had witnessed it. So I told my workers I could not testify. And something happened I never ever thought of would happen. I never even thought of it. The woman who had witnessed it, who worked for me, became angry with me. <laughs> and she said, now that you're not going to testify, the burden's all on me to testify. I said, well, what can I do? I believe I've heard from God saying, don't testify. Then the man that I was dating at the time got, mad, uh, got upset with me, and he said, you're not doing this woman any good by not testifying for her. 
And I said, well, I'm not trying to do her any good. I'm trying to follow God and obey him. I believe God told me don't testify. So I can't testify. See, the people around me, my own household, my own friends, my own colleagues were upset with me. I never expected that. Jesus says your foes will be they of your own household. The people you're close to will often rise up against you. Your own church friends, your own relatives, your own working relationships with people, the people you work with. All of these are the people that fight the word of God to try to stop you from going the way that God told you to go. But I didn't dare not go the way God told me to go. How can you possibly go opposite from the way you believe God has told you to go? You'd be scared to death. He knows future. He knows all things. He knows what will happen. And he'll take care of you when you follow him. So there was no question in my mind that I was going to go that way. My own lawyer tried to get me to testify. The judge at the court, when we got to court, he was shocked that I wasn't testifying. I did not testify, and we won the case, even though it looked like we would lose. Many times I've had it look like I would lose when I was following God, but I didn't. We have to understand the devil is trying to destroy us and get us to follow him in order to destroy us. God is trying to give us a more abundant life by moving us often out of a situation which is harming us. John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So if you follow the devil, which seems like the right way to go, he's trying to kill you and destroy you and harm you. If you follow God, which often may seem like the wrong way to go, he's trying to give you a more abundant life. We have exactly the same information in Mark chapter 4. Verse 14, Jesus says, The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. It's the same thing that happened with Eve. She heard information, or Adam heard from God and told Eve what he had heard. The devil came and said to Eve, did God really say that? And Eve quoted what God said, but then Eve made a mistake. She added her own good idea to what God had said. God had said to them, you cannot eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But what Eve added to it, nor can you touch the tree. God didn't say that. So here comes the devil to test Eve, to try to persuade her to go another direction. 
And the devil says, has God said that to you? And she begins to quote it, what God said. But then she added, neither can we touch it, which God didn't say. So now she is all mixed up. She knows God didn't say that. So how can you hold on to what God did say when you have added to the word of God? Therefore, you must be very careful to keep that exact word in front of you day and night and do that word. We had a woman in our church group who told us she had heard, now is the time to get a dog. She heard that word in either October or November. She told us about it in January or February. She still didn't have the dog. She was still trying to decide. Now, what did the word say that she reported hearing? Now is the time to get a dog. But she didn't do the word. Instead, she tried to figure out which dog to get. And it took her about six months before she made a decision and actually got the animal. It was so twisted. You can't do the Word of God that way. You can't handle the Word of God that way. You have to actually keep it before you and do it. Because if the devil can't get you to turn away from doing the Word of God, he will try to add something to the Word of God and make it go a slightly different direction. If I heard now is the time to do something, then I believe now is when I would do it. She postponed it. She didn't actually do what she heard. Does it make a difference? Absolutely. Following instructions is very important. When you see an instruction in the Bible, we do all of that word. And when God says something to us, it's important to do what he says. But the devil will try, if he can't get you to throw the word away, he will try to get you to postpone it. Or maybe do it a little different way than what you've heard to do. Here is another example of this same woman on this same story. She finally decided on which dog to get, and she bought the dog, and they were going to bring the dog to her from California, and they had a, there was a man who was a professional dog carrier who delivered dogs to different cities and brought them to your airport and um, carried the dog to you in a carrier and put it in your hand. This woman had a terrible problem with direction. Even in the daylight, she got lost and had trouble getting from point A to point B. She told me that she was going out at midnight to pick up this dog. I was unable at the time to go, go with her and accompany her. And this airport was in Lubbock, Texas. It's out north of town, out in the country. And she who gets lost is going to go out into the country at midnight. I really was frightened over this. 
So I prayed. And instantly, God gave me a wonderful idea for her. Hire a driver, basically a chauffeured car, to come and pick you up and take you out to the airport to get that dog. That way she wouldn't have to be out on a country road by herself at midnight. She wouldn't, when she got to the airport, she wouldn't have to park the car in a parking lot and get to the terminal. She would be taken straight to the terminal and the driver would wait for her in the car outside the terminal when she got the dog. Well, she thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a great idea. It was very easy to do. It would only cost about 30 or $40 round trip in that location, which she could easily afford. The next time I talked to her, she had changed the instruction. She told me, I don't really need a driver to take me to the airport and pick me up and take me to the airport. I can take this man to his hotel when I pick him and the dog up and leave him at the hotel. And the next day, I've hired a chauffeur-driven limousine to pick him up at his hotel and take him to the airport. She completely twisted every bit of the instruction. I was horrified. I was very angry. And she knew it. I said, you have completely changed everything God told me. In the first place, this is an adult professional man who is accustomed to being in strange cities. He can get to his own hotel and certainly get from the hotel back to the airport without you. You have just completely changed everything. She did that with the word of God. Finally, she left us. After 39 years, she left our church group. If you hear a word from God, the devil will try to get you to follow him by changing that word. I've had this happen more than once in our church group. There was another woman who was in our church group for 39 years who's no longer in our church group. For several years in making decisions, she would tell me what she was going to do, and I would say, but that doesn't sound right. And I said, this is, this is what I would think. And she said, well, I thought of that. See, she would, she would have God speaking to her, but the devil was speaking to her. Her own flesh was speaking to her, and she was choosing the way of the devil and her own flesh and putting aside the instructions God gave her. I saw her do that over and over. Finally, she quit us and left. If you follow the devil, it isn't going to be too surprising that you will be swept away. Therefore, we learn diligently to follow God when we have an instruction brought to our attention. Keep it before you day and night. Think on it. 
that enables you to do it. Joshua chapter 1 is that instruction on meditating in the Word of God to enable you to do it. Also, Psalm 1 is the same instruction. Back to Mark chapter 4, the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, he doesn't come saying, I am the devil. He comes with a counter idea, which will take you in an opposite way from the word of God. Verse 16, Jesus says, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So these three types of examples, every one of them, had the word taken away from them. But in verse 20, there is one who did not depart from the word. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some an hundred. They don't let the word be stolen from them. People rise up around them saying, you can't do this. But they say, no, God's told me to do this. This is what I'm going to do, regardless. Well, they're going to bring forth fruit, the fruit of God because they don't let the word of God be taken away from them. We know the voice of God and we follow him doing what he tells us to do, even when people arise to tell us we can't go that direction. Persecution does come, for the word's sake, to try to steal the word from us, keep us from following God, to keep us from entering in to what God has prepared for us. We receive the blessings from God when we follow the word and do what he says, even when people try to make us doubt that we've heard from God, or when circumstances arise which try to make us question whether or not we really heard from God. There will be trouble after we've heard from God in most cases to make us doubt, to make us doubt that we heard from God. We have, that's why we have to be so sure that we know the voice of God. Because if possible, the devil will get us to doubt that that was God speaking to us so he can destroy us. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.